Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got a 10-game slate here on Wednesday to choose from in the NBA. In this one, taking a look at a couple Eastern Conference foes. The Pacers are in Boston, taking on those struggling seas as of late. Take a look at that one. Also got another game video for you and our player props. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where we have our great written content for you guys all season long. And you can use our odds finder tool there to make sure you're shopping those U.S. sports books, getting the best lines available and all the juice back you can in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into to this 10-game slate and then talk C's and Pacers. Yeah, it should be a good one here tonight. I mean, leading off with the Bucks plus two at Cavs, definitely a great game to uh, monitor. I kind of lean Cavs at home, but it's tough to pick that one. We got Detroit plus 11 at the Sixers, who are back on track for sure. Um, they're on a back-to-back, though. The Warriors on a back-to-back plus 12 at Brooklyn after getting thumped by the Knicks last night. Bulls on a back-to-back, plus six at the Hawks. Uh, got Still think they covered there. The Hawks are, are strugs. Um, the other game we break down, the Raptors are only plus two at the Knicks, who are on a back-to-back, but they uh, cruised last night. This game we'll get to in a minute. Pacers are plus 10 in Boston, and the total's been bet up to 233. Blazers in a rematch with OKC. They're minus four on the road. Magic in a pick at Houston. Mavs in a rematch with Minnesota. They're minus three uh, after getting crushed in the previous one. uh, The Kings minus six at home against the Lakers, who are without AD again. Totals all the way at 240 there. And the Hornets plus eight at the Clippers, who have plenty of rest. So we should see Kawhi and Paul George on the floor there tonight. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Celtics struggling. I mean, pretty shocking. We would expect them to have struggled on their West Coast road trip, but it was obviously shocking that they lost both games against Orlando back home. Um, An Orlando team that's a really weird matchup for anyone, and I guess reintegrating Rob Williams, even though he only played 18 minutes each game, uh, maybe threw a little bit of a wrench into things. Derek White, as you mentioned, not uh, shooting the ball pretty well anymore. I mean, there's a lot of regression to come in general for the C's when everybody's shooting 41% from three. Like, no matter what, Grant Williams can't miss a shot. Everything they get is going in, and it was just a string of overs. Well, now they've gone under in seven of their last eight. Uh, and, and again, some of that is the home road splits. You could definitely expect them to come home and light it up. I mean, their team totals all the way at 122 right now with, with minus 120 on the over. I I can't get myself to bet that either way because I mean, I think they either put the smack down on the Pacers here or they have to grind out another win. And, and the Pacers are, have been feisty, especially when they play the Celtics. I mean, they beat them twice, even after the Celtics got hot in in uh, in the, towards the second half of last season uh Malcolm Brogdon had a big thing to do with that first one uh excuse me and then they didn't win the second one uh the Celtics won but that was a shootout because Rob Williams sat and Daniel Tice was in there instead of him so Rob even in a in a playing half the game type of role on a minutes limit, he's going to make a huge impact on this team. And don't forget Papa Al's back after missing some of that road trip. And he can just sub in and take those non-Rob Williams minutes. And, I mean, obviously their defensive rating much better with, that, with, with Rob. 
since the start of January, he keyed that huge uh, defensive surge. Their offense is also just not as good because they can't play that same kind of five out style where everybody can shoot. Uh, they're scoring seven points per game fewer without him. Uh, I mean, with him in the lineup, they're hitting two fewer three pointers per game at a percent, a 35% rate versus 38%. And the pace is two possessions slower per game. So, I mean, the, the total's climbing here because Indy has that reputation for sure of getting up and down. Uh, but I mean, the last time these teams played with Rob Williams, right, you know, in January with him fully healthy, he had a 90 in 83 individual in de- defensive rating. Uh, the team had a 93 defensive rating and it was a 101 98 game. That's kind of what we've historically seen from the Pacers and the Celtics um, in the Pacers in this spot, you know, seven and five to the under when they're road dogs, three and two to the unders when they have a rest disadvantage, a little bit of a disadvantage here. Both teams are pretty well rested, but and their only overs recently have been against like Brooklyn with everyone sitting against the Warriors who, you know, can't play a lick of defense against teams like even like the Wolves and the Blazers like they, they've still gone under here. I think this total is a little too high. Uh, I think the Celtics, when they're in get right mode and they have this much good defensive personnel on the floor, I think they have a, they have an ability to just shut down um, the Pacers offense as good as Halliburton is. He was not a, a master facilitator the last couple times he faced the Celtics team and, and he'll get the Marcus smart treatment. Now Brogdon's on the other side, another body to throw at him. Uh, so I think, the Celtics are definitely going to win this game, and I think they might keep it under. Um, so I'd be losing. Looking at at a potential tease, though, I mean, ten points is too much for me to trust right now. But it's definitely possible that they they win a blowout game here. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but I actually am eyeing the total as my as my favorite you know bet in this one, just because. If anything, um, you know, I, I could see the Pacers covering, as you said, they've been pretty good as away dogs anyway. Um, and, and, you know, not necessarily against the uh, the total there. They're actually six and nine to the over there on, on the road. Um, you know, we know their, their games average about 227 when they're on the road. They're scoring about one, uh, 114 or so, or excuse me, 112, giving up about 114 and a half, whatever. They make fewer threes. They, they shoot worse on the road. Like, they're just a worse offense on the road, um, which is why they're, they're struggling to go over. Um, and they've been a little bit better on defense um, from the start of the season when they were just a bunch of turnstiles. And, and they also uh, spent a few games playing without Miles Turner as well, as we know. Um, but in their last five, you know, I'll say a little bit better on defense. Um, they've upped their their opponent three point percent. They lowered their opponent three point percentage down uh, from what it was about thirty seven percent down to about thirty five, which is good for fifteenth in the league. Was you know in the bottom eight or so. Um, they are giving up a bunch of free throw attempts, but they're getting back on defense. They're not allowing you to score uh, in, in the fast break as well. Um, so it's it's sort of their half court offense, obviously that you wish was a little bit, or excuse me, defense that was a little bit better. But the fact that they're guarding the three so much better in part because of the fact that miles turners come back you can sell out on the three-point line a bit more when you know you have at least one shot blocker down there versus having pretty much nobody to guard the paint down low before miles came back so um you're looking at like jalen smith doing that so um i think their their defense is better for a reason and then boston it's it's just it's a little bit 
of the turnaround that we thought we were going to see, like you said, there was no way they were going to shoot 40.7% from three as a team as they did for the first like 25 games of the season. That's just not sustainable all season. Um, but the regression probably went a bit too far the other way um, on offense. And, and now I think we'll come back to, to the mean. We, we all expected them to go down in offense and up in defense with the arrival of Rob Will, um, with the return of Al Horford, who missed a few games as well and is now playing the last three or so. Um, and, and so, but the, the, the turnaround is stark. As, as you know, in the last six, uh, really the last eight games, and in part because that was the last time they played uh, the Dubs, who seemed to have them figured out a little bit. There was some thought maybe on that West Coast road trip uh, that the Dubs put put the clamps on them in a way that might have given a little bit of a, a um, you know a direction for other teams to be able to follow their game plan. But um, it's really just when the, that team seemed to have taken a little bit of their confidence, and in, since that time, you know their offense has gone down to the worst offensive rating in the league, uh, which is also not something you expect to continue. Um, it, it's a direct Direct result of the guys behind Jalen and JB, uh, excuse me, Jason Tatum and J and Jalen Brown. Um, behind those guys, it's everything they're not doing on offense. Uh, in those last eight games, Malcolm Brogdon's their third leading scorer with 13 a game. Please give him more time and stop playing Derek White as much because he scored six points a game in that time frame, shooting 27% from the field and 20% from deep. Uh, Marcus Smart also coming back to earth from his like 40% from three uh, down to 32% in the last eight, 38% from the field. Actually shooting worse from the field in like a couple of these games and he is from deep uh, including that last game that they lost to Orlando where he was uh, like 32% from the field uh, yet shooting like 42% from three so uh, they just can't the, the offense isn't really once you collapse on them outside in the three-point line that's been where guys outside of Jason you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown seem to be struggling to get their offense um, and that's why this team has just slowed down a lot you look at you know Al Horford and Robert Williams coming back obviously that's going to be a, a huge factor for both bettering your defense worsening your offense since last season with and without Papa Al 106 and a half defensive rating with him 114 defensive rating without him Rob Will you mentioned their defensive rating goes up four points per 100 when he's in the game their offense also goes down about two points per 100 when he's in the game since last season. So it's just a slower pace of offense. It's not going to be quite the same pace and space. They're going to be attacking the rim a lot more, uh, getting more free throws, but you know, definitely lessening the amount of three-pointers that they're shooting and making. Um, and I just like that Indy is, like I said, playing a little bit better on defense, enough that like I think that they can at least limit. Even if this is a game where you say, okay, worst case scenario for everything we're saying is the, the Celtics just come out and blow the absolute doors off of Indy, they're still going to be playing better defense than they were. So even if this is a blowout and they do score their 122, 125. Uh, I think that you can be, you can depend on a, a few less points there um, from from Indy if that is the case. But I think it will be a little bit closer. That's why I'm not willing to take that 10 points. A little bit more of a grind, but I'm happy to keep it under 233, especially since it's risen from its opening total of about 230 and a half. Yeah, the free throws is the only thing that really concerns me. Is that Indy uh, gives up a high a high amount of free throws, and Boston doesn't do a great job limiting them at home. But maybe that's because. Rob Williams hasn't been in there to just change every shot at the rim. Uh, but I do kind of lean on Indy's ability to guard the three-point line. Uh, Rick Carlisle being a great defensive coach. And they faced the Celtics four times since they've been this juggernaut at the start of 2022 and held them to 12 threes per game at 35% clip. Um, granted, that hasn't led to it's only led to one under, but it has led to under this total twice. Um, and one of those times in Boston where when the Celtics struggled to get it going there from deep as well. 
Uh, and in the pace that the Pacers have changed, they're, 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 they were playing at like a 105 pace in, in five games. And then in these last nine, it's dropped to 98. And with those spikes, though, explaining two of the overs, Brooklyn and, and Golden State, they had a huge spike. Strangely, they had a 90 pace against the Cavs, still got to 230, which is an over. Um, but I, I think that that has a lot to do with struggling to stop a, a parade to the free throw line um, from both teams. So that that is the concern here if you're going to take the under. But I, I would expect it to keep climbing a little bit. I think you can preach some patience here if you are going to take the under uh, and that you might be able to get it at like 235, 236. Um, and, and just, the, yeah, the, the Celtics' reputation as being able to just light it up the way they were at the beginning of the season might not be the case as much here, um, you know, now that they have more of their full team back. Yeah, and are also guarding the three-point line way better, which is what matters with these two teams when they play. Uh, they're both shooting, you know, in the top five in terms of the most, uh, the, the highest percentage of their field goal attempts from three and scoring most of their points from there. I mean, Boston's gotten a little bit better, a little bit more versatile since they've gotten bigger with those guys coming back. Uh, but the fact that they can defend the three-point line to the degree that they can is really what I... I most count on the fact that they're limiting opponents fast break points as well is what I, is what I'm really worried about if Tyrese Halliburton can't get the ball and go um, and get open threes and transition for his team get offensive rebounds and get threes in, in, in sort of the helter skelter mode then then they're not going to be able to really hang on offense with this team that's the, that's the only way that I think they can really get points in their matchups versus Boston tonight so I mean Knicks are on a back-to-back yes uh, but they also coasted to a win over the Warriors last night uh, with their main three guys, Jalen, RJ, and Julius, playing 30 minutes or a little bit less. So, and, and and even in back-to-back situations where they were in a little bit of a closer game, I mean, none of them have been particularly close recently. They they got smoked by the Mavs, uh, came back and, and held the Cavs to 81 points to really start this eight-game win streak. That was on a back-to-back. They destroyed the Pistons and then almost beat the Bucks. wound up losing by six on some late free throws. Uh, that was a push against the spread, but I mean, I, I consider that a win, moral victory, if you will. Um, that they, they, they the Suns pulled away at home, and then on a back to back, Knicks bounced back with a with a win over OKC, and then out west they beat Utah and Denver Nuggets without Jokic and a road back to back. So they're now four and one straight up when they have a rest disadvantage this year. They're ten and three straight up when they're favored. Uh, they would be favored by much more if this wasn't a back to back situation. Because Toronto is flailing. I mean, they're they're like three and nine straight up when they're underdogs. One and eight straight up as road dogs. Three and twelve straight up on the road. Regardless, their only quality win on the road came against Miami in about the fourth game of the season. Other than that, the other two wins are against the Spurs and Pistons, uh, teams that are literally not trying to win. Their their defense was broken without OG Ananobi the last few games. That's why they've lost nine of their last 11, the two wins coming at home. And, and then their offense looked broken in their last game against the Sixers. They got to 101 in double overtime, uh, and Pascal Siakam was just the only source of offense. Um, no Gary Trent. He might not be back here either to try and spread the floor, but the Knicks have been elite guarding the three-point line. They've been elite guarding the paint uh, during this eight game span and the key stats with the Raptors, as always, uh, not giving up many points off turnovers and not giving up many fast break points at all at home on the season. They're giving up the fifth fewest fast break points so they can defend the Raptors. They've also been able to defend Siakam, who has been the source of offense in his last four versus the Knicks. 
uh, 19 points per game on 33% field goal shooting. And, and that's a 92 offensive rating. Fred Van Fleet has been the one that's been cooking the Knicks, but he's struggling lately. He doesn't seem to be completely healthy, coming off a 3-for-15 outing. And the Knicks have been shutting down point guards lately, allowing the seventh fewest points and assists to that position. OG Ananobi also, you know, only one game back after a, a decent absence here. And it's, it's just mostly that the Raptors – uh, I mean, they've, they've just really been bad on the road. They're 0-5 straight up, 1-4 against the spread. Their last five road games with a negative 9 net rating. Uh, and free throws are the only source of offense for them. But, they're, they're, I mean, they have the highest percentage of points off free throws when they're on the road. And the Knicks are allowing the second lowest percentage of points off free throws right now. They're, they're just denying everything. And, and they seem to have no let up on back-to-backs right now. So, I, have, I mean – they feel very confident about this one. I think best pick on the slate. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I I think the Knicks are, are going to do just fine here at home. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks have been doing just fine uh, over the course of their last eight. Um, you you want to know if they're playing against good teams? They are. Um, they're 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 beating good teams. They're playing still at their slow New York pace, um, but they're actually getting a few more you know points in transition, a few more fast break points, mostly off of turnovers. Not really just out streaking. They're not going to like get the ball out of a made basket and go. Um, but they are getting those points off of the turnovers because they've ramped the defense back up, as we've been talking about, as we also call them laying the absolute wood on uh, on that Warriors team, like you called, like you said. They did to me last night, um, and and yeah, they they um, <laughs> the way that they're doing it is through starting on defense. That's why they have their points off turnovers. They're attack. They're crashing the boards. That's why they're getting their points off second chance points. Um, and yeah, I mean <laughs> the, the 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 Raptors, as we have been talking about for a while, still need a center. The teams can get those second chance points off of them as much as they would like. Um, they're not really limiting a fast break points, despite the fact that they're scoring them so much. They're sec- they're actually dead last now in terms of limiting their opponent fast break points um their opponent their opponent uh getting points off of turnovers they are limiting um even in their last eight where they're one and seven so it's kind of like fine but the, the Knicks have found more ways to score uh, on teams and that's why you've seen in their last few games that you know the, especially at home they've at least been able to bring it on offense uh just with a 132 that they put on the dubs at home the 112 they put on the Kings 113 on the Hawks so that like 114 110 to 115 ish range for them is is plenty fine now that they're they have a 90.5 defensive rating over the course of their last eight games um that that they've won all of them as we said so I, I love the home stuff for them I also, uh, you know, looking at last night in the back-to-back stuff, you talk about, um, yeah, Jalen played, Jalen uh, Brunson played 29 minutes, RJ played 31, and Julius played 28. So like fine like they're, they're still fine to play tonight they obviously didn't have to travel as well um, they are 10 and 7 straight up after they've won this season um, and they've, they're covering those spreads by about three and a half points as well so it, there's nothing really to be concerned with there um, and it's, it's really going to come down to it Toronto not being able to score in the ways that they need to be able to score you need to be able to make threes um, against this Knicks team at home where they're also shooting um, you know pretty decent from three at least they're making roughly 12 a game um, and the 34 attempts is also super low so it's like you need to be able to to match what they're doing outside of the three-point line if you're gonna if you're not gonna be making threes and the Knicks are just better at what each team is trying to do whether it's limiting teams in their fast break scoring uh from down low and and getting and limiting and getting second chance points and the 
Knicks are doing all those things super well, limiting which will be limiting to what Toronto can do without the three-point line. Um, you mentioned Fred Van Fleet, a huge reason for that. He's shooting roughly like two for eight this year uh, on, on from, from behind the arc, a little, like two, two and a half threes a game on eight attempts. That's pretty much an em- emblematic of what their team is able to do this season from behind the, from behind the arc, which is why they're struggling so much uh, on offense and everything that you see from them in terms of losses is usually around them having like 110 points or less. So I'm not really going to attack this total. I know I keep talking about points. I'm just using it as sort of more game theory where I'm saying if this total is at 217 and a half, I think the Raptors need to win a game where they score 115 points to really be able to hang with anybody right now. The Knicks are happy to play at like a 109 to 100 type of pace uh, and have this thing just be in, the, in their control all game. And that would be what I would uh, assume is going to be happening in this one with, with Toronto unable to spread the floor the way they are. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely lean under. You looked at the Knicks, what they were one in five to the under in their last six home games before going over just because they were able to just destroy the Warriors who can't play any defense on the road. Toronto can play defense right now. I mean, as soon as they get OG Ananobi back, they they pretty much held the Sixers in check, and that game got to 205 in double overtime again. So I I think both these teams will be able to muck it up a bit, um, and so it's interesting to see the total rise from 216 to 218. I think it's kind of exploitable there to go Knicks parlay with the under um, as well because, yeah, a lot of the things that, that these teams do allow – like uh, Toronto struggles in terms of assist to field goal ratio and the Knicks are getting like no assists in any way, shape or form. So there, there's not necessarily going to be a lot of good half court offense here. I still don't consider the Knicks like world beaters on both ends of the floor. They're giving a full, full effort on defense and it's been really good to see night in night out um, from them. That's why we're, we're still good about it with the back to back. But I mean, the Raptors have the worst half court offense in the league. And if they're not getting free throws and they're not getting fast break points, I don't see a lot of points scored here at the garden. Yep. hundred percent with, with all of that. Um, I mean, it, it's, you start to get a little bit nervous. You're like the Knicks have to lose at some point. Um, and, and you know, the, the Raptors are a team that is just, it's not the moment for them right now. Um, they're not doing things well. And we keep hearing conversations about, you know, the, the whispers are, are the Raptors really just going to blow things up at some point um, with the way that this, this roster is constructed. They've been trying to put the pieces together. Injuries have definitely been hurting them this season. There's been a little bit, we've talked about a little bit of the lack of chemistry as well. Just seems like it's a team that's on the, on the downslope in a way that you can take advantage of them while they're coming up against a team that's so heavy on on the upslope for for the Knicks and and it's such a small total which it actually seems to have gone towards the wraps a little bit here and there it's fluctuating a smidge but you know started about minus two it's about plus uh, minus one and a half for the Knicks depending on where you find it so um stay tuned for all that stuff you definitely want to be be watching these lines as they move uh, up and down a little bit today uh for for the Knicks or or the Raptors but I'm definitely liking the the Knicks at, at such a low t- uh spread here so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust 
to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, and just FYI, we will be off on uh, for Friday slate. TBD on the two-game slate tomorrow, but we're going to have a full uh, episode about the Christmas games this Sunday in exchange. Uh, So stay tuned for that. We'll have both games and prop videos up for Christmas. Looking at at Wednesday here, though, um, LeBron James, the only one with props up in this Lakers-Kings game, and that's all we need, really. Uh, Russ Westbrook is a game-time decision, so that's maybe why no other Lakers are getting any any props, but we know AD's out for a long time, and um, LeBron's going to step up without AD. You, you've seen it since the start. Of, since the start of last season, his usage rates up at thirty three percent without AD, scoring about uh, thirty two points per game, thirty one points per game um, on the road this year. His usage rate goes up from thirty to thirty three percent. In his last three against Sacramento, he's scoring 32 points per game on a 35% usage rate. Uh, Sacramento might be without Harrison Barnes or DeMontis Sabonis tonight. I mean, Sabonis, not really a great defender, but it, it does make them a little thinner. And, and Barnes is probably the matchup they'd, they'd start on LeBron. Uh, they have the fourth, fourth worst defensive efficiency at home. They allow the most assists per game to small forwards in the last two weeks. And they allow the fourth most paint points overall. And LeBron's just attacking the paint. It's opened up with no AD there, so he can more easily just go in there and not try to mess around with threes. The points are at 30 and a half. The assists are at seven and a half. I would prefer combining them because I think he's going to be diming up a lot more. Yeah, you're definitely getting value if Russ Westbrook is out because then LeBron's assist rate is going to be up at 40, 50 percent for sure. He's not going to be sharing the floor with Russ. He's going to be controlling the action like he's wont to do. And it's just a great matchup. It's a it's a game with a 240 point total. And LeBron is, is going to do everything he can to carry the Lakers and their fast-paced attack, and he should be putting up stats all over. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it, it, it's a weird time in Lakerland for sure. Um, putting up stats all over, I, I mean, I, I definitely like the points for sure as well, just because, like you keep talking about here, um, everything he does when when Russ or when AD is out, especially, um, and and how he gets to that thirty-two, thirty-three number pretty consistently without him, um, and at least thirty really since since AD came to the squad and has been injured consistently. So is LeBron. So there's not as many numbers as you might think where he's playing without AD, to be honest. But uh, now is is definitely uh, another time to get um, take advantage of that sample size of of him playing without AD and, and putting up those big numbers. I think it's another opportunity tonight for sure. Um, in a game that will have a ton of points, by the way. What's it two? 39 and a half right now so uh there's going to be points as, as the lakers are playing at that blistering fast pace uh at home especially um let's go to a guy we've been hitting on pretty consistently i would say this season donnie mitchell having one of his better seasons um and sort of a resurgence really 26 and a half points tonight um be very clear the odds finder tool coming through for us minus 110 on mgm for him to get the 27 points nate minus 120 everywhere else that you might find him on sports books with a prop uh at, at that number 26 and a half so definitely getting way better better juice on MGM. Thank you, Odds Finder Tool. Uh, his last six versus Milwaukee, which is, this is a big game, and we know Donnie shows up on offense in big games, uh, especially this season. Last six versus Milwaukee, about 28 points per game and five assists or so, shooting 41% from the field, 34 from deep, um, always good, 89% from the line, uh, and then, yeah, getting about more than six free throw attempts a game, which is crucial for him. You love that if he's going to get those points. Um, and his two road 
threes with Cleveland against them. 26 points a game. That 35% usage rate is what you love to see uh, with four threes made on a 40% clip uh, as well. But here at home in his last five, 34% usage as well. So really similar numbers in the usage that he's been getting on the road, but but bringing that home now. Um, close, you know, he, he came close at home versus Dallas in one of those last five. 25 points in 42 minutes. Dallas, uh, obviously a really good uh, defensive team. So is Milwaukee, but Dallas might be a little bit better uh, in, ter- you know, in terms of guarding um, the, the wing there. We'll see what, what Drew's able to do against him. But a, a couple of these teams that, you know, these games that he's had recently give you that, that good feeling of that 34% usage rate with him. If he's going to be getting, you know, 20, 22 shots in this game with the with the roughly six free throw attempts that you expect him to make almost all of them, if not all of them, um, then the 26 and a half points feels really good in a game that, that should have a decent amount of points um, with, with, with Cleveland playing so well on offense at home. Yeah, I mean, the the reason you'd be scared of this is Drew Holiday, but he hasn't really shut down Donnie. You know, 116 defensive rating the last time he faced him. Uh, they faced off in the middle of the 2021 season, and Donnie went for 32 points in 32 minutes. Uh, he's just, like, scoring a point per minute. With the Cavs, I mean, the Bucks team defense is so good that it's kind of a situation where the Cavs do that. Okay, Mitchell, like, bail us out, and he's done that routinely since he got there this year including uh, some decent numbers on the road against this Bucks team. But now they're home, the Cavs, uh, where the where the Bucks are much more vulnerable when they're on the road. So um, Mo Wagner should get at least one more night of full of, of decent run here. Wendell Carter Jr. is due back on Friday. But until then, it's the Mo Bros, uh, Mo Bamba and Wagner. And in his last four, I mean, Mo's been – a key key member of Orlando's success here 17 points per game seven and a half rebounds on 60 percent field goal shooting with a 143 offensive rating three of those came on the road and, and two against the Boston Celtics uh so now he faces Houston which is not a good defensive team at all and, and actually allows the most points per game to power forwards on the season allowing the fourth most rebounds in their last uh, two weeks of play. Um, so 14 and a half points is, is close to even money or 21 and a half points in rebounds since he is boarding up uh, and Houston tends to to throw up a lot of field goal attempts and doesn't necessarily make a ton. So, uh, I mean, not too much to say other than these props are low uh, and Wagner is going to be getting his full slate of run uh, in a system that's, that's working for the bigs here uh, in Orlando. If, if there's more defensive attention on Paolo, and his brother, Franz, um, Mo Wagner is more than happy to to make defenses pay. I love Mo Wagner. I haven't had a chance to talk about my fantasy team in a while. Have definitely picked him up. Probably time to drop him, as you mentioned. Uh, once WCJ Wendell Carter Jr. comes back, don't sleep on that man. Also having a really great season when he's actually on the floor this year. Um, but yeah, Moritz has come through uh, in a big way. And if he's going to be getting the 29 to 30 minutes that he's been getting in the in the month of December without Wendell Carter Jr. on the floor, um, I mean, there was a moment in time where it could have been him or it could have been Mo Bamba uh, getting that starting role and getting those 30 minutes. And it went to Moritz after he's been hitting the three pointers that he's been hitting uh you know roughly one and a half made a game on, on like three and a half attempts uh so being super efficient had a monster dunk the other day as well i swear to god after he drove from the three-point line um on that atlanta team which was wonderful you know they don't play any defense so i really wanted to go orlando it's like finally they, they have a tiny little spread where they're favored against a really one of the two three worst teams in the league but they're just not good as a favorite and it scares me so i, I stayed away from them tonight we'll see how for real they are in a game where they're on the road as a favorite i think 
this is a huge test for them. And Moritz is going to be getting those 30 minutes. And I think there's going to be some points to be had for sure on the road with Orlando. So uh, nice, nice pick there with, with Moritz. Uh, a guy I don't want to go under with because I do love Gordo Hayward, uh, but I got to uh, Mr. Hayward there on the Hornets uh, coming back. Nice little win for them against the Kangs a couple nights ago. Kangs didn't really bring it. I'll be honest, but LaMelo has resurged this team in a way that I was scared to go under for him. Um, you know, the, it's a tough matchup for sure uh, for Charlotte tonight uh, as they are. What, what's their under their uh, still they're at eight point underdogs right now against the Clips, but it's just a tough matchup for them. Uh, and the Clippers team that's been playing great defense all season and definitely as of late as well. Um, this is the third game in four nights for Gordo. So I'm going under his 15 and a half points. I would also go under on his uh, 24 and a half PRA. The, the points are a little bit, obviously, uh, ballsier there. Minus 102 for under 16 tonight for him. Minus 113 on Fandle for him to get under 25 points, rebounds, and assists combined. So, um, I mean, in the three since he's returned from injury where he's been consistently the last two years, uh, 14 a game, six boards, three assists. That still gets you uh, just under the, the PRA and definitely under the, the points there. Um, and his last two versus the Clippers. Yeah, he's had a few better, uh, some decent games, 16 points, seven and a half boards and two assists um, in those games. But, uh, you, you know, you look at his field goal percentage at about 38 and a half percent. And neither of those games are really close either. Some pretty big blowouts where it's just kind of like, all right, these they weren't really anything to take seriously. Uh, but like I was saying, that, that Clippers lights out defense, um, especially with PG and Kawhi when they're in their 95 and a half defensive rating over the last three with those two guys playing. Um, they've had a nice little break and, and they're also in just in terms of limiting, this is really why I prefer going under on Gordon Hayward besides the fact that LaMelo's back with a vengeance right now. I don't want to go under on him. Do want to go under on, on a guy where, you know, against small forwards, uh, LAC, the Clippers are, are limiting their, <coughs> the opposing small forwards third in, in terms of their three-point percentage, their, their uh, the free throw attempts a game, uh, limiting their assists. So, yeah, they're, they're limiting everything everywhere all over the floor right now, especially against those small forwards. Uh, and I just it's just a game that's probably not going to have enough points for Gordon to be able to get to those 16. Yeah, I mean, he's only gotten to 20 points once in, in his last uh, six meetings with the Clippers, and it took 48 minutes to get there, and he shot like 29% from the floor. Uh, I, I just don't see him having a huge usage rate here uh, when it's the third game in four nights. I don't understand why they played him 39 minutes on the second half of a back-to-back. It's like, are you trying to get him injured again so that you can shut him down for the season? Because, like, nobody's going to bother you if you just shut him down anyway. We know you're tanking, uh, Charlotte. So, I mean, yeah, they, they don't have much of a chance here tonight. I, I'd be interested in teasing the, the Clippers down to four or five with another game if you like it because I think – with, with the good rest here, I mean, they've, they've just been lights out. They, they basically threw a game on a back-to-back, but otherwise they're back to playing excellent defense, and they should have both their guys out here tonight. Yeah, and if both of their guys are out there, yeah, it's going to be clamps time for Gordon Hayward with such limited options for Charlotte as well. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Taking a small little break here as uh, we have a really small slate tomorrow night and uh, not much going on on Friday for us, but we do have everything going for you guys for the Xmas Day games this Sunday. So until we see you next, happy betting. Yeah.